Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and today we have with us Damon Machetto. He is a coach, an entrepreneur, and a speaker. He helps clients improve their health, life, and business. Damon helps his clients uncover and learn what it takes them to live their absolute best life. That is all centered around leadership, mindset, and lifestyle. He wants you to be able to implement smart and effective methods to be able to conquer life's daily challenges. You will understand why a positive mindset has such an impact on your health and wellness, as well as strategies to improve and protect your mind. You will learn why leadership is about more than just being a CEO or a coach. You must lead yourself because on some level, you always lead others. Lastly, your lifestyle is imperative to putting this all together. Welcome to the show, Damon. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So tell us how it all started. For- That's a long story, but uh, sure. I, I actually got into the health and fitness business out of, of college due to necessity. I went to college to play baseball and got injured and couldn't play anymore. So I needed something to do. So it was just a natural progression for me to get into the health and, and fitness space. Um, and from there, I, I you know dove into it head first. Went into you know learned everything I could about exercise physiology, nutrition, and so forth. I was able to help a lot of clients. But one thing that I, as I got into it, I really started to understand more. Well, actually, I was just more in, in searching for to 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 get better results for my clients. Was what was the missing piece? And I really uncovered that it's it's really mine. So that's what I. I started studying, and you know, I always say the first half of my career was diving into physiology and everything you could about the body. And then the second half of my career was all about the mind and, and learning about you know leadership techniques and, and mindset, et cetera. So that was kind of my transition from there, how I, I went from the health. I'm still, obviously, health is a big part of what you know we talk about and promote lifestyle and so forth, but transfer the tra- trajectory of my career more into the mindset, you know, psychology side of things and just helping people with that. So kind of open up a different uh, avenue, I guess, than just just being in fitness. You say that you coach health professionals, CEOs, other coaches. How, how do you go about that? You set up a strategy plan. What does that look like? When I'm coaching the clients? Yes. Yeah. So sure. It, it, you know, once we do like, a, first thing I do is, is sit down and do like a discovery session. Like what you know, where do, where are you looking? Where do you need the help? Where, where's the, where are your challenges? Uncover what they're, you know, what's going on, where, where their biggest challenges are. And from there, first thing we do is we actually take a look at their, you know, their lifestyle. Like, you know, how, how are you, like a lot of times, just for example, would be like, say someone, a coach or CEO, um, say I'm working with the CEO or someone who's running a business, an entrepreneur, and they're having some issues. Like usually the first thing we have to work with them is they're so focused on their business and everything is like taking a back seat. So what we do there is like, well, hey, we know business is very important for you, but we know that's, you have to take care of yourself. So let's, let's talk about yourself, your habits, let's kind of get some health habits in place so you feel good, so you have more energy and you're less stressed out and you're able to actually handle 
the stress that you're dealing with in your business. So that's usually where we start. Start with those habits. You know, trying trying to build some healthy habits for them, and from there, that's where we, once we get that established, we talk. You know, if we we're rolling into the business a little bit, it's a lot easier to discuss the you know the the challenges that they're having within their business because they're in a better place. They're they're in a better place, like you know, psychologically, health wise, they feel better, and and they're able to handle things. And so we can attack you know, maybe it's a leadership issue, maybe it's a marketing issue. We can talk about those things, but typically that's usually where we start, if that makes sense. When a CEO is talking to you, I'm sure that his mind is um, racing and he feels that he's working, you know, 25, seven. So um, how, you know, when he says, well, I can't, I, I can't slow down because, you know, I, I'm in the midst of several ventures, only I can do it. So mm-hmm. how do you get them to realize that they need to step away and uh, delegate more and let others take over the reins while they look more into their own health? Sure. Well, so the first thing we start doing is asking some 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 questions. Usually, when we we peel back that, so for that in that example you just gave me is like I can't do it. I got to do it all. I'm the only person. So my question would be like, you're the only person, and I would kind of put it back. I'm like, like so. In other words, that's typically a it's a very broad statement. Like I'm the only. You know, it's 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 a false statement. True, because it's it's not true. There are other avenues, but because we've we framed it. So the CEO has framed it that that is the only way. He's not open to any other possibilities. So the first thing we have to do is actually say, well, let's peel that statement back really quick and say, is that true? And when when he says, well, not really, then you can actually say, well, <laughs> we could say, what's the solution? You know, so, okay, so w- what could we do instead here? Well, so could your general manager over here take this one piece? If you trained your general manager how to take that piece, the answer is typically yes, for example. But what you have to do is you have, to, it's the first step is, is actually getting them to recognize that they've given them a false, themselves a false narrative, that they're the only ones that can, can get it done. And that, and the second part of that would be like, Hey, if you keep, you have to find a way to actually show them like how, you know, you came to me because you're, you're not as, you don't feel like you're as effective as you could be. You're stressed out. Your health is suffering. So if we're going to keep on the same path, you really don't need me. Right. So, so we need to talk about, you know, cause we, if we need to talk about the changes that we need to make. So that's the first thing you do is you have to get someone like that, a CEO, a high performer. And they're also used to not being, you know, they're used to telling everybody what to do. You have, they have to be open to that discussion. And once we peel that back, it's easier to just, they can start seeing different things, different things that they've been missing because CEOs get tunnel vision a lot of the times because they just, especially stressed out CEOs, they're so focused on the mission, the goal and, and the numbers and et cetera, that they lose sight of these other simple fixes sometimes. And so sometimes it's just actually being able to get them to just slow down for a second, recognize that what they're saying isn't really true. And then we can focus on solutions because they just haven't even, they're not even open to solutions, but once they are actually open, they say, Oh yeah, wow. I could have done that six weeks ago. Well, I'm assuming that for those CEOs that don't really see the benefit, these are people that you are approaching because if they were approaching Mm -hmm. you, they would obviously see the need in the first place. So assuming they, they really don't understand how 
outsourcing would be a possibility for them without a decline in revenue. How do you convince them that, you know, like you are the answer to their prayers? Well, the way it's interesting that the the way I operate is a little bit uh, different than your typical sales approach or whatever you're asking, because I totally know exactly what you're saying. But it's usually a conversation for me. So that so the example would be that CEO that I had, maybe they were um, referred to me, but to your point, like, but they're really not interested. They just were having the conversation out of uh, respect for the person that referred them to me, that type of thing. Is that on the same page? Is that kind of similar to that? Okay. So in that case, we just have a conversation. And again, I'm able to just ask the certain questions that are actually typically what happens in that is I, again, it just, you point out their blinders, their, their weak spots. And at that point, you know, it could be a 30 minute conversation, could be an hour or whatever. And it's, I'm not even selling them at that point. I just say, Hey, did, you know, is there anything else we can talk about? Did I help you with that? And so like you typically not always, but typically it's like, so how do I work with you? That's usually how it goes. It's, it's not. And in that case where it's someone who's not, I'm not, you know, who's, who's not open. I'm not going to sell them harder. I'm not going to try to convince them because it's just easier when we just have a conversation. Whereas someone that comes to me was like, you know, seeking my services, that's a different conversation, but similar, but different. So when someone says to you, yeah, I'm interested in exploring this further with you, how do I get started? What do you typically say? How do they get started? Write me a check. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it's typically, it's like, well, what's your, what's your schedule like? I mean, we do discuss, well, I might, I don't do like, I'm a, I'm a, um, I don't do like a, a session type thing. I'm a, I'm a, a time frame. Like someone, you know, I'll only work with someone a minimum of three months. Like, I mean, they have to work with me a minimum of three months. Usually six is my sweet spot where I work with people because it's a process. It's not like some quick fix thing where, you know, like, Oh, you, for example, losing weight's an easy one to use. Like, Oh, lose, you know, 20 pounds in, in 10 days. It's, that's not how coaching works. That's not how making changes in your, your business, your lifestyle, your health, your leadership. That's not how it works. It's, it's a, it's a process. So they, we talk about that, like, you know, which, how long do you want, you know, this is how I work. I operate either three or six months minimum. Here's how, here's, here's the, here's how, here's how I work. Here's how it goes. When would you, you know, would you like to get started? Is this, is this acceptable to you? And again, it's not a, it's easy if I've had that conversation at that point, because they're already like, they already see value in the conversation and they, and it's usually not um, a money issue. It's not a, it's, it's a, it's a value issue. They see, okay, this, I need this help. So, all right. And they're willing to put in, you know, I tell you how much time it's going to take, you know, Hey, I, I work with people, you know, weekly, this is what we set up. And I also set expectations for like what I expect. Cause I, it's not just, I don't just want to take your money. I, I want to, you know, to help you. And I obviously get paid for that, but like, it's not, if you're not committed to the process, it's, I, I don't want to, you know, that's not what, what I do. So I make sure they're committed and then we go, we go. Do you work with their staff as well? If they ask me to. Yeah. It depends. It, it's that's typically, I'll be honest, that's typically in a smaller corporate. Well, they'll, they'll do that. That's typically how, what I've worked in the past. Okay, you have a person who is on a discovery call with you and they say, listen, I, I already, I exercise, I eat only 
organic stuff. <laughs> I'm a pescatarian and, you know, I, I don't need help with that. What I do need help with is, you know, a new product launch or how to properly promote myself on a higher scale. So do you have a particular protocol that you work with, you know, these CEOs or uh, business owners with? Yeah, I wouldn't. So when, when you say protocol, I wouldn't say it. I would say it's, it's so individual to the to the CEO or whoever I'm working with that it's, it's got to be adaptable, but I mean, it's within my principles of how I operate. So like, for instance, to me, business, if we could just talk about that really quick and tie that into that is I think it comes down to, to three things. And I mean, obviously business, you know, there's a gazillion books written on business. Everyone has their own opinion about what you need to be doing, Harvard, this, that, whatever. And that's, and they're all relevant, I'm sure. But if you shrink it down, it's like it comes down to leadership, marketing, and systems, typically within a business. You know, leadership is going to set the culture. Marketing, you know, the right marketing is going to be able to create sales and repeatable sales. And then the systems are going to be able to create repeatable sales. So typically what you just said is like, all right, I have a marketing issue. Okay, great. So the one thing I will want to check is like, how's, how's the leadership? Everybody happy? How's the culture? culture is great. Check. All right, let's go on to marketing. Let's talk about what that launch is. What are your challenges? Where do you see the bottleneck? Is it you? Is it, you know, is, is your marketing behind? You know, what, you know, are you not sure? You know, what, what, what exactly is the marketing issue? Because to say I'm having trouble with this launch or I, or I, you know, I have this big launch. I don't know where to start. That's a different story, but you have to find out what those, what those issues are. But I, I still come back even before I get there. Is, is, is the culture good? Is leadership good? Is everything in check from that perspective? And then I go to that next step, marketing. And then we just, we will work on a plan, you know, from, you know, breaking it down from what's the product, what's the, you know, wh- where do you think, you know, what's the, and typically in that scenario, by the way, they'll already have a rough marketing plan. So I'm able to look at it, see it again. Now I'm that outside eye saying, Hey, this looks great, but you know, what about X, Y, and Z over here? Just, you know, does that make sense? Oh, you know what? That's a great point. And then maybe we come up with solutions to kind of over overcome that issue that I uncovered at that point. But typically with the marketing plan, it's a different set of eyes. How much does social media play into your marketing plans? My personal marketing plans are for my clients. So for my clients, I would say it really depends on the business. You can't get away from social media anymore. I mean, you have to have some type of presence for sure. So I think presence on social media is is huge no matter, you know, you have to have that no matter, and you have to be optimized. But how much money you're spending at it is really going to depend on the business. And, you know, and the, the one good thing about social media marketing that if you are going to spend money on it, it's so easy to track and see if it's working that you can double down on it or you can shut it off which is great. So how much to, that's not really answering the question, how much it plays into it. It, it definitely plays, if I was going to put a percentage to it, it's definitely 60% for sure. But there are some businesses that are very traditional that don't necessarily need as much, you know, time, you know, spent on social media, but they have to have that presence. So do you uh, recommend starting with an effective website or do you feel that no longer is as much an issue anymore? (laughs) 
it still depends on the, I, I think everyone still has to I mean, I'm one of those ones that still believes in having some type of website presence. It just, maybe you don't have to put as much into it as we used to. Cause like to your point, you know, 10 years ago, it was like your website had to be dialed in. Now, a lot of businesses spend, especially like smaller businesses, like more like solopreneurs or things like that. They spend way more time on social media than they do on their website. And it makes sense because that's just maybe they're selling a product so that they, they have to live on there. They have to put their time into that versus a bigger company that has more, more things going on, more, more like arms of the business or whatever, has to have a little bit more of a, uh, a website presence because there's people are going to go, you know, especially B2B, B2B are going to go look at like, so LinkedIn is, is much more for B2B to me, it seems to me more effective but once they're on there, they are going to go to that website and see like, okay, what, what is this company all about? Let's say it's a software company. You're going to have to go to that website and look at that. You know, what, what do they offer? What's, what's the software look like? What's the, you know, they, there's more, you can't do all that on social media. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to actually have a better presence on that website versus the sol- solopreneur that's, you know, on Instagram every day doing a story and has their followers and talking about that product. That's more effective for them. What is your feeling about ads on Facebook or Google or LinkedIn? What What is your feeling about that? Yeah, that's a loaded, <laughs> loaded question these days because it's, you know, it's definitely harder than it used to be, in my opinion. And what it changes, well, first of all, it changes so much now, but even it's changed so much from the last five to, you know, seven, eight years that it was so much more reasonable and, you know, cost effective. Now you have to throw a lot of dollars at it now on like Facebook, for example, is just not as effective as it used to be in my opinion, for my clients from what that's what I'm seeing. That's not to say that there's certain businesses out there aren't being very successful with Facebook ads, but more Google and whatnot, but it's, it's definitely a different landscape today. And I think that before, especially like companies, what I'm seeing is like, if they have a, better presence all the way around on the web. Like they have a good social media following and they put out good content that's people are actually coming to the, to look at the content because it's quality and they get something out of it and their website looks sharp and it's all kind of like a hub. It's tied into one. They're the ones that are, can, you know, target a little bit better and throw some money at social media and do, and do very well versus the other companies they, they like, especially large companies will do this sometimes is they'll just, you know, because they have a big marketing budget, will throw a lot of money at things and they'll just throw money at it. And yeah, it might be somewhat effective, but the reality is that if they looked at the, the ratios on it, it's not as good as that person or that smaller company that maybe has really niched things, done a good job building their brand, building their um, followers, and they're able to target specifically who they're, who they're going after. I think that's a much more effective way if you're going to spend money on it. If you, you know, if you don't have that following, if you're trying to build a following, that's a totally different thing too, because now you're, that's a, it's a different ad, but I don't think that's where you want to start if you're, if you're starting with the business. Would you agree that of all the types of marketing approaches that email marketing is probably still the most effective or the one that gets the most visibility? I, I think it's the most targeted still, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. That's It's funny when people ask me about my, my own marketing, I'm like, my whole thing is to get people on my list still. 
I just want to, because I do a lot of email, I send out a, you know, weekly, two or three times a week, and a short little newsletter to my list. And it's all quality. It's not sales. It's, it's information. It's good content. And that's still where the bulk of my business would come from. And I, you know, building that list. So long way to answer your question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, for doctors, not the health professionals, the easiest thing to do is to get people that are talking to you to give you mm-hmm. their email address or for you to ask for their email address so that you automatically have a built-in data ad, which is very helpful to send out that newsletter, yes. you know, especially yes. since, you know, if you're sending it out digitally, you're not worried about stamps and the extra cost of, you know, delivery when it's not virtual. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think that it's funny about email marketing that, you know, marketing companies for the past 10 years have been trying to say that it's dead or it's dying and it, 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 it never does. It's still very, very effective. So I'm not sure if it ever will. I know there's other, certainly other avenues and certain businesses that people are successful with, but I still think email marketing is very, very effective if you do it right. So have you been practicing the TikTok dance? <laughs> I am not a TikToker. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a TikToker. I'm not. I'm certainly not talented enough for that. What is your feeling about video marketing? It, video marketing is is great if you're good at it, have the resources, and that's that's how I feel. I, I think the days of being able to throw a you know kind of a low level video up somewhere isn't as effective. I, let me clarify that too. I think I think for the solopreneur that has that niche following, they can just do stuff off of their phone with the video and be very effective. But I think bigger brands, like you're talking about doctors and so forth, like they have to be, you know, it has to be very professional. And I, and I think if they have the time to do that, they're, they're very effective. Although at this point, I would like to point out the doctor in the Midwest who just took his phone and showed people at the start of the pandemic, how you, how you take your supermarket groceries and sterilize them before they go into the pantry or refrigerator, garnishing more than 1.5 million views. It went viral immediately. And of course, a lot of prospective patients then wanted to hear what else he had to offer. So you can't negate, you know, the phone. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was just saying that like, as a whole, I think there's always outliers. I think there's always, you know, but ways you can do that. And it depends on your audience too. Interesting that he was doing food. That's definitely, that's, you know, makes total sense within the pandemic and when he did it. Yeah, it could still work. Don't get me wrong. You can, so, I mean, you asked me about video and the answer was, the short answer was yes. Video is great if you can do it. Some people just don't like being on camera. You know, that's, a, that's another thing that, and they're not natural and they're not good at it. So if that's not your thing, don't do it. And like this guy that you, this doctor that you just said got viral, I'm sure he was probably pretty natural and really good at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is how you should do it. Blah, blah, blah. Having a conversation and he's, he's really good at it. Then if you're, if that's a strength of yours, double down on it. At this point, I would like to ask you for two tips that you could give our doctors and health professionals who are listening now in terms of how to get started promoting yourself so that your practice can uh, rise above your competition. 
Okay, I think it comes back. The first thing comes back to what we were just talking about a second ago. If you're just starting out, build your list. Make sure that you're really honing in on your email marketing. I think it's the easiest, cheapest, most effective way to start, especially you know just to build a, a following. And especially if you're giving out good content, people will stick with you, and it's a it's a free way to market. I think that's the first thing, and I think it's still it's neglected still to this day because I it, you know. That's number one. Um, number two, know your audience. I think like know what you're, know, really know who your client is. Like, what are you trying to, who's your avatar? Who are you trying to target? Because I, I know it's a, sometimes it, being in the, the health doctors or, or in health, it's like, you think you have this big, broad market, but like the more you can niche that down in the beginning to really target some specific people, it doesn't have to be one niche, but like, if you can niche it a little bit, it's going to make it that much easier to get started and get some people that are going to refer because they're going to be like-minded people that have the same concerns and whatnot. And you'll get more referrals that way versus just if you're trying to market to everybody outside of the gate, it's just, it's, it's much harder in my opinion. Okay. Uh, so if our listeners would like to uh, talk with you further, how would they reach you? You know what? If you just Google my name, Damon Machetto, uh, my website will come up. I'm on Instagram. I, my two big places would be Instagram and Facebook. And then as we discussed, you know, get on my list. If you go to my website, there's tons of uh, places to sign up and just like free content, no sales pitch. It's just all, you know, health, lifestyle, leadership, marketing, free stuff. So that would be the best place. What is your book called? I have two. The first one I wrote a while ago was called The New No BS Guide to Fat Loss and Performance. And the other one is a simple, the, my newest one is A Simple Guide to Health and Success. Well, that's great. This, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. That concludes this episode. Thank you all for watching and listening to the Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thank you.